beautiful. Thanks for jumping on, Marcel. Really, we really appreciate it. Um, it's obviously, no from our point of view, it's something slightly different, but it's probably the most realistic um, interview that we'll have, like with a, a gentleman driver and um, kind of something a little bit different to what we've done over the last couple of, of months now. Um, so, yeah, say thanks to you. Thanks to even John for, for putting us in touch. Um, we've been following you on your socials for the last two years or so. So, um, like, we've, we've seen you around virtually. Um, but, yeah, it's great to have you on the pod, mate. So thanks for your time. Oh, mate, you're very welcome. We, um, hopefully I could be of – well, hopefully I can shed some light into, into what it's like being a, a race car driver or a shit one at that, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear on these? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. We're not too fussed. It's all good. Um, yeah. well, let's 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 start from the beginning then. So, you know, motorsport is obviously something that you're doing now as as a, a fairly expensive hobby. Let's say that. Um, but how did this journey start for you um, as a kid, going into you know uh, a professional lifestyle and then actually um, you know transitioning into a gentleman driver as well? So, what was that journey like um, for you? Um, it was definitely a, an interesting one from, you know, I can, I can take you way back. Um, you know, my first, my first real, um, real desire to want to, to want to race would be, you know, I can remember being, you know, 10, 12 years old, sitting at home watching the, the Bathurst 1000 and pretending I was Dick Johnson and John Bow in the backyard in a homemade built billy cart, you know, that, that sort of where the passion started it was it was doing that sort of stuff um being a lebanese kid watching bathurst you know i got some really funny looks from my old man going what's this this kid sat on the couch for, for hours and hours just watching this race what's yeah. going on there yeah. um and then you know obviously it, it you know your, your life takes takes um takes priority and you start to build a career and it gets to a point where you're like okay you know what let's that's why go kart and uh, me and a, a couple of friends bought a go kart. Um, you know the trials and tribulations of going endurance racing in a go kart and not not knowing how the brakes work and all that sort of stuff. It, it was it was very fun, um, but it really wasn't um, what I wanted to do. Let's say um, so. Then we transitioned into um, Aussie racing cars, so some um, legend cars. They're, they're sort of motorbike engine, one-seater, a lot of miniature sort of um, race cars. They were fun. Again, you know, uh, not really what I was looking for. Um, I really wanted to learn how to drive a race car fast and I really wanted to race. And I had always, my, my uh, ultimate goal was to race in Carrera Cup Australia. That was, mm. that was a, a big goal as a young kid and, and that's what I really wanted to, to do. And that's still still probably a, a, a a, an opportunity that, that I want to I want to try one day um, but then you know I thought no I want to get into a race car so I went around looking for lots of different race cars and my first one was a um, was a 360 Ferrari challenge and uh, that was my first you know introduction into full-blown racing so I got my old did my OLT got my P's first race at Wakefield Park in a, in a 360 challenge was an absolute disaster sort of it, it was you know, I qualified fourth on the way out on fresh rubber. I spun the car, started from the rear of the grid, couldn't find first gear, 
it was a disaster. So that, that was my introduction into racing and introduction into Italian sports cars, which uh, I vowed never to buy another one again. <laughs> so so um, uh, that's what took me to, to Porsches. So that was, um, I sort of, I, I, I love the Ferrari, but it just wasn't me. Um, then, then we bought, I bought a Porsche, a, um, a 997 Series 1 cup car. The second I jumped in that, I was at home. That was that was when I really got the bug. I was like, okay, yep, mm. this is me. I absolutely love it. And from there, you just sort of grow. You, you grow into different categories. I did prod sports. I, I, I won the Q Endurance Series in prod sports. Um, I won the Sprint Series in prod sport, which is sort of state racing. Um, and that was really fun. And you learn a lot through that period. But, you know, the further you go and the more successful you are in business and it's it's a bug and and you just you know what it drives me to do well at work because it allows me to uh, have have a really important bond with racing to say you know I'll do well at work I can go racing yeah, yeah do yeah. well at work I'm not going to be able forward so so now it's all about creating memories that's that's yep. the truth you know doing some really cool races um you know we did Abu Dhabi six hour I was a reserve driver in Dubai. 24 hours. So that, that's the yeah. sort of stuff. That, that's how it started from a pipe dream as a kid to now, you know, living that dream and, and being able to use my privileged position to do that. So how long have you been racing for now? Uh, I think I've probably almost 10 years, I'd say. Okay. Well, maybe so maybe a, bit, yeah, a, bit, a bit of time. And and one of the questions that, that Joseph put up, and I think it's an interesting one, is from your point of view, obviously, to want to go racing, there's got to be some kind of fandom um, aspect to, to motorsport as well for you. Are there any specific categories that you're interested in purely as a fan? Uh, yeah, look, F1. I started watching F1 pretty late, to be honest. Mm. Um, I wasn't, it wasn't my Bathurst was you know vs supercars was the big one um very early on and then um carrera cup so so i I used to watch a lot of carrera cup and not really watch too much Bathurst. but you know when it or or supercars whenever supercars were on carrera cup was on i i really i really enjoyed watching carrera cup Mm. um you know watching jim richards win every race was was awesome back in the day Mm. um so, so that's sort of where my my uh my main fandom was it was probably Carrera Cup, and now it's more so F1, GT, that sort of stuff. Well, so then if we go into your Porsche career, then because obviously um, you've raced in the Michelin um, Michelin Challenge or Michelin Cup um, for the yeah. what two twenty twenty one. Yes, Michelin Sprint. You're not racing yeah. in that this year, though, are you? No. So um, so I yeah. started racing with Porsche. Uh, my first events were probably 2018, I think, yeah. from memory, uh, when I first started doing some some um, some Michelin Sprint Challenge stuff, which was really fun. That was great. You, you learn a lot. It's a it's a nas- It's in the nationals, so it was a, quite a big step up for mm. for me. Um, but it, it brings the best out of you. You got some really tough competitors. Um, you know, there's. They're all gentlemen races, but they all want to. They want to win. So mm. um, you, you you learn that side of it pretty quickly. Um, but also, I also met some really wonderful people through that. 
so from so when you do go into that whole um category and there are some big names obviously even from the 2021 season i was looking at there's a number of drivers that have even made the jump from the sprint cup into carrera cup now um there's some talent there and being a i don't want to call you a gentleman driver because you're a racer and you've obviously got the experience behind you as well but were there any moments when you kind of felt in the early days out of your depth what am i doing how do i get faster um or was it always kind of within a couple of, lap, of laps you kind of felt the confidence and you were almost there um i wouldn't say uh i'm definitely a gentleman racer um you're always nervous you're always questioning your ability um, but you know we're race car drivers, so mm. you know there's there's an, there's this underlying bit of confidence that you always carry around with you to say, you know, well, I can I can do that, and, and if I see him going that fast, why can't I go fast? Um, mm. And you you sort of very quickly know where your window is. Um, I'm, you know, when I, I've probably said it earlier. It's important for me to create memories. That's that's why I, that's my passion. I, I love racing. I love going out there, but you know. I'm not going to go and risk it all for a trophy. Yeah. Um, it's 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 just not worth it for me. You know, I've got a family and and those sorts of things. So, so you want to go and compete pretty hard, but you want to compete within your own limits. And you know, there are times where I've you know run out of talent or done something stupid, and and it's either cost someone a whole cap, a bunch of money, you know, myself or or um, you know, put people at risk. So, so you want to you, you sort of don't want to go into a race meet trying to compete with the young kids. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you very quickly learn who you're racing yeah. um, and, and you push yourself to, to the level that you're comfortable at pushing. Mm. I'm always keen to put myself in high-pressure situations. So that's, that's where I feel like I strive. So, you know, doing the Bathurst 12 hour in 2020, you yeah. don't get much more, you know, you don't get much more bigger than that for, for a gentleman racer. And, and that was a, an eye-opener. That was, um, that was a, proper nerve-wracking period I, you know that's different i remember seeing i think you got on you got on the telecast that um that day i'm pretty sure someone was interviewing you and i think you had done you'd finished your stint fairly early in the day but even just the relief on your face um that you had finished everything and that i think it might have been great dan you're you're racing with and you're like let yeah. them race now like i've 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 had my fix almost um but it was very, it was a very interesting like thing to see just how like this sense of relief that had just been taken off you yeah but you, t you touched on something just before about obviously um the whole aspect of financing your racing and and it's something that we've interviewed a lot of races now that um, they're racing, obviously, to try to make a career out of it. You know, they're paying for it, but, you know, it's uh, <coughs> either through sponsors or a team supporting them and those kind of things. But being a gentleman driver, um, and I kind of can relate to this in a very small way, because um, if I'm racing a go-kart and I get wiped out or if I smash something straight away, the reason why I'm angriest is because I'm going to have to spend money to fix it. Now, in a, probably in a much bigger way, that's, that's your scenario as well. Um, but how in the car, in the heat of the moment, how easy or difficult is it to detach from that psyche? Uh, the second the visor comes down and the door shuts and those yeah. belts get tightened up and you see those lights, the furthest thing from your mind 
is <laughs> is the bill if you've been to car. Like that yeah. is the furthest thing from your mind. And if you go in the, into a race and that's on your mind, yeah. park the car, get out, and go for a coffee because <laughs> there's no there's no point no point even even jumping in the car to do. It's just not not um yeah. You, it, when you get in that car, there's only one thing you focus on, and that's that's driving fast, safely, and finishing the race, and and mm. hopefully have a shot at winning. That's mm. you know, and you go through lots of different emotional roller coasters, but I can guarantee you, one of them, none of them are. Oh shit! If I've been this car, it's going to cost me a fortune. <laughs> and I, you only worry about that if you get to that point. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And and you're obviously racing with um with, I, I assume is your friend Sergio. He's, yes. he's, a, he's a friend, and and from from your Instagram, it seems like a lot of your races, you guys are pretty close, like even in times. So how good is it having that just inter team competition as well? Just to, you know, at the very it's least, shit. like it's, <laughs> it's shit at the moment. He's faster than me at the moment. It's, uh... <laughs> Breaking no, look, rights. Yeah, so Serge is a best mate of mine. We 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 co-founded Valmont together. We've been best mates since uni. Um, he wasn't, he was always interested in racing, but, um, it took him a long time to come around and, and understand what it was about. Um, he never really wanted to spend his weekends at a racetrack. Uh, eventually I convinced him to come down for, for one race meet at Phillip Island. Um, and since then, you know, he's, he's absolutely hooked. Um, and you know, there's a big difference between Serge and, and, and myself when I was learning you know, I was sort of, I was learning on my own. I had Jose Fernandez as a, as a driver trainer, but, you know, when you're chasing lines and that's essentially what you're doing, you're chasing a graph um, and, and tracing data. When, you, when you're chasing as a pro driver, the discrepancy is massive. So, so chasing to get as fast as you can, you, you almost have to, um, you scare yourself every time you want to go that little bit faster. And that's not comfortable scaring yourself every time and then the faster you get the, the gains become smaller mm. uh, the beauty about when surge started was my my driving was was at a pretty high level and it was it was it was reasonably fast so for him to come in it was very easy for me to then coach him to get to my level fast faster than than what it took me to get to that point so that's yeah. that's a big part of it and then the other part of it it's it's mental like you you have no idea that the the men, being mentally clear and focused has a huge impact on lap time. Um, you, you have, you know, when you see F1 and, and you, you know, you look at the amount of pressure Ricardo has and, and the, and, you know, Carlos signs, you know, that pressure is real. Like in a race car, that is half a second. And, and you don't realise it, but it's half a second. Um and it's just purely because you're just not clear-minded or you're just not, there's something there. So, so having, um, you know, having Surge being faster than me now, it's, it makes it harder because now I'm chasing. Yeah. And then it plays in your mind, like, oh, shit, how, how is he doing that? And, and then you start to change your driving style and you go away from what, what works for you. And mm. so, so racing against each other was, was awesome fun, amazing yeah. fun, super close. Um, but it's a different tack now. Now we're, we're a team, so we're pushing each other to get faster and 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 um, do more endurance racing, which which is something that I'm really passionate about now. I really want to get onto that endurance. Okay. But yeah, you've taken driving. 
driving with a with a good mate is is fun, but it's stressful because you're always chasing each other. There's always bragging rights, and I guess there'll always be you know shit talking around the table as well because you guys are close. <laughs> and if you if you've seen the pretty boy Serge, mate, he 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 knows how to shit talk. So. <laughs> um, you, obviously, you, we spoke just before about doing the Bathurst 12 hour in, in um, 2020. Um, and that, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was a fairly late, you were a fairly late addition to to that Lamborghini lineup at the time. What was the process <laughs> like to get that drive? Was it kind of just a memory making experience and it's kind of hooked you and you and you want to go back and do the 12 hour now? Yeah, look, I I, um, I wanted to do the 12, I've been wanting to do the 12 hour, 12 hour for quite some time, but um, the hardest thing with with the 12 hours one is having the confidence to go yep put your hand up and then the other the other piece is actually being able to find a drive so a lot of people are looking for really fast bronze drivers um who have who have a budget and you know i was a porsche driver um you know not porsches were not in, allowed to enter that year in terms of cup cars otherwise i would have yeah. just done it in my own cup car um yeah. so so i just put my name out there to be honest um, I threw my name out there, and you know, I got a I got a late call from from Lamborghini Trofeo Motorsport saying, "Look, do you want to do it?" I was like, "Hell yeah!" Mm. Um, I threw I got I threw myself literally in the deep end. It was almost a week before Christmas, so I got the call up. I had six six weeks or something to to get fit. Um, I flew to Phillip Island. Did one test day, so I maybe cut ten laps of Phillip Island in the car, and then boom, it was Bathurst twelve hour, and I was like, "Holy dooly!" Like ten never laps. driven a ten lap. Yeah, I would have cut no, no more than no more than twenty laps, I would say. Well, well, and then you and 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 then you jump straight into the into the Bathurst circuit. Yeah, and that car had in. that, and you would have lost track time as well because there was a big crash where that car mounted yeah. the. Oh, and there was no, the barrier, right? Yeah, no, no track time loss. Just um, probably a lot of hair, and and uh, my heart skipped a few beats during that period. But um, what was the was... the biggest takeaway from that event? Because obviously, you've you were dreaming about Bathurst as a youngster. You get the opportunity to race there, you know, in a <laughs> in a huge race with very limited experience. I mean. Was were you able to enjoy yourself while you're racing? Was it nerve wracking? I mean, what was that whole? Ah, uh, it, it was emotion? super, super intense, like mm. proper intense. Never, never been in a race meeting that big. Um, the the team was really professional. You know, you had Grant Denyer, Dean Canto in your team. You're just like, you know, you, 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 and I was underprepared, 100% underprepared. Um, but you know what it did do? It gave me the confidence. Um, to say, actually, you know what, I can compete with these guys. I can, I can compete with the very best in the world safely. Mm. Um, I'm no different to to any other bronze driver. Um, I, I consider myself, you know, an excellent bronze driver in comparison to to the guys I was racing against, and and that's all that matters. Once you go, you know, oh, yeah, I can do that. I, I can, I can compete, and I can compete safely. It's it's mm. it becomes that second nature. So I'm hoping this 12 hour, you know, is nowhere near as big as the the 2021 but you know it's it's a great opportunity for to bleed surge in and us in in our own car our own team you know this is our chance to just settle into into a 12-hour rhythm and 
and really um, be able to compete hard in 2023 because that's that's going to be the big one when the, the international superstars show up. Well, that was what I was going to ask next. It was going to be, obviously, it's a smaller field. It probably works to your benefit a little bit with a little bit less intensity. But then what's the process been like having to, you know, put a team together, being an endurance race, there's pit stops and, and those kind of things that you're going to have to um, take into consideration as well now. Has the, you know, what has the pressure preparation been like for an event like this? Um, it's actually been, it hasn't been too bad. So, so the good thing about we, we're doing it in the, in the AMG, brand new car we've, we've, we've recently bought. Um, we've got Jeff Forshaw Motorsport who's running it, who's highly experienced. Um, we've been racing against Jeff and his, his team for, for years in, in prod sports. So, so we know them quite well. Um, and they're good at being able to prepare the car. So in terms of being able to prep for the tour belt, you know, yeah, there's a fair bit you do, but it's all been fun. And, and Jeff's done a wonderful job in taking, you know, the real pressure stuff, the car, the pit mm. crew and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, we've just been doing the fun stuff, you know, you know, getting the merch sorted out, the posters sorted out, doing that sort of stuff. But um, the biggest difference is the seriousness of preparation, like physically, um, yep. even 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 mentally. And, and um, you know, I've been doing a lot of stuff with focused driver training at Sydney Motorsport Park from, from being in the sim for, sim for two hours, three hours at a time to, to doing a whole lot of neuro work and, and reaction time work and, and those mm. sorts of things. It's probably the most prepared I've ever been for, for a race meet by yeah. a country mile. Yeah. So, um, so it'll be interesting to see what, what that actually equates to when we get there this week. What other, what other drivers are in your lineup? So Sorry. there's Sergio and we've got um, a silver driver in, in, a, in a young guy called Devashan Padiachi. Oh, currently Padiachi. Races in the, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a really, Cup. Yeah, Carrera Cup. He's a really good Ooh. kid. He's fast. He's safe. Um, you know, he's a Sydney boy. So we're, 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 we're pretty happy with, with the lineup. We've got Dean Canto as our reserve and our um, strategy engineer as well. So Yeah. We, Mate, the car looks mint. The car looks... The car looks so yeah. like it's a good-looking car. And Mate, I the, photo, that... the photos don't do it justice. Trust me, in real life, <laughs> the thing is 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 proper mega. When we come down on Sunday, we'll have a look. Um, even the even the new helmets that you boys have from Asta. Yeah. I mean, they came up as well today, and they they look um they look the goods as well. So you definitely can't you know um you're definitely going there with the looks. Um, so it's just a matter of, of, of yeah. putting it together now. Mate, um, all show, no go. Don't worry. That's it. <laughs> all the gear, no idea. They say. Yeah, um, that's it. <laughs> um, but you, we just spoke. You just spoke about obviously the the plan to transition into doing the race in 2023. Are there, you know, is there any consideration into um, taking that car and doing maybe a GT World Challenge Australia? Um, kind of the two driver system is that a consideration at all for for the team yeah definitely so so we're we're definitely going to be doing um more than likely the bend in october yep. and then we're 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 definitely in the australian endurance championship that's what we're chasing that's um there's a three hour in november at bathurst again um and then look the we're sort of open with, with what we're doing with the car um we had a, an amazing time in um, Abu Dhabi. You know, um, international racing is something I'm super keen on doing as well. So 
whether or not we we pack it, pack the car up and, and ship it over to to Europe and, and do a, a race in Europe in, in the middle of the year next year. Um, we don't know, but but the options are all there. So, yep, Australian endurance racing will be in. Whether we choose to do some of the sprint stuff, you know, Suzuka? we're going to do the Ben. Uh, yeah, Suzuka would be awesome. But, you know, I, I like to tack it onto the holidays. So maybe uh, <laughs> the 24 hours of Porto Mal or, or oh, Spa okay. or, or something like that is probably the, where we would go. You That's need awesome. to take the. We need to take the family these days, otherwise we don't. Yeah. Get the, we don't get the green light. <laughs> Fair enough. I I understand that. That's that's definitely a, a key consideration. Um, I just wanted to also talk about Carrera Cup, um, because you spoke about that before. Um, obviously, with the changes to the new cars, from a financial point of view, has that increased the price to get into Carrera Cup? Um, is there considerations about getting the latest model 911 into the sprint series like into the sprint cup in a couple of years as well like what's the deal right yeah. now with with that whole landscape yeah so so the way it works is every time Porsche release a new model so now it's the 992 cup car all the 991.2s now drop into the Michelin uh, the Michelin sprint challenge they become the class A cars our 991.1s will become a class B car and then it'll stay that way maybe for the next five, six years until, you know, a 993 or whatever the okay. next Porsche equivalent comes out. Um, okay. And the, the Carrera Cup is definitely on the cards. But, you know, at this point in time, when, when you've got two guys racing, um, you know, to go and buy two brand new cup cars and then run two cars, you know, it becomes really, really expensive. So we're sort of um, thinking we'll, we'll stick to some endurance racing with the GTs for a while and then hopefully the price of the 992 Cup cars come down and we pick up some cheap ones and go racing there. They're definitely beautiful cars, those new ones, though. I mean, they, we, uh, drove, we drove them in Abu Dhabi and uh, they're, they're an awesome car to drive. How was that experience and how did that even come about? To be honest, like the whole 24 hours um, of the Abu Dhabi. Well, it was six hours of Abu Dhabi. Oh, sorry, um, so I was, I've was i been pushing Serge and, and uh, about about Theo Kondurus for, for quite some time saying, hey, let's just go overseas and race. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh. so what I did was I got in contact with a couple of different teams, um, especially the, the guys from HRT in Germany, um, Kim, got in contact with him and said, hey, we want, we want to, I just want to lease a car. I've got my drivers um, and we want to do... Um, Originally, we were going to try and do the uh, the 24 hour, the Dubai 24 hour. But that was um, sort of glad we did it and we did the six hour, to be honest, because um, I got the late call up to be a reserve driver in the 24 hour. That is a proper mega event. They mm. had 86 cars on the grid um, on a track that's as big as Sydney Motorsport Park. And it heaps was, of classes too, like different yeah, speed differences. Huge amounts of speed differences, and when it's dark, like it's dark. There's no, it's not lit up dark. It is dark. There's no lights. It yeah. is amazing race, but it's proper endurance, like proper. You know, pack a few spare undies, go <laughs> go racing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, so that's you. something. That's something I definitely would look to uh, to tackle in the years to come. But that was a, that was a really cool experience. But the Abu Dhabi six hour was. But the facilities you get over there are just phenomenal. The racetrack was 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 brilliant. Um, you know, it, it, just everything about it was just fun. You, you know, you 
we were locked up for two years, so just going away was fun. Yeah. How, how do you prepare for something like that? Because obviously, if you're the reserve driver, you're not getting really any seat time, but is there, you know, is there a sim available? You know, do you have access to a sim, you know, a high-quality sim yourself that you can kind of cut laps on? Like, what's that whole the, experience like? In terms of the Dubai 24-hour, being a reserve yeah, driver? Just, just any, if you, if you were kind of interested in doing any, I mean, some of the European tracks you've got access to on, you know, on a lot of the sims, but a place like Dubai isn't as um, well-known a circuit. So how would you prepare for that? Uh, mate, I, I, um, the way I prepared for that is I actually raced my seven-year-old son on F1. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's it. I learned the track. Just learn the right and lefts. Yeah, that's yep. it. Um, Fair enough. And, you know, it makes a big difference. Because you get there, you sort of half know what's going on. So, um, so that was a, that was a that was a bit interesting. But um, like Dubai was hard. I had literally um, no seat time. I flew in on the Thursday morning. <coughs> Thursday night, I had to do two laps minimum to qualify. Mm. Never been in the car. Never seen the track. Never driven the track. Pitch black. It was disaster. Did you, have, did you have a time to beat or is this kind of you just got to get two laps in? No, nah, just had to get two laps in. Oh. No time. Thank God for that because well, I barely knew where I was going. Well, actually, <laughs> to be honest, I didn't know where I was going. Yeah. I, 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 um, I had to, uh, to navigate very, very carefully. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty hairy. Just quickly, I'll interject because it does such a good job interviewing. You've done quite a few different categories and you've, and like this is nationally and internationally now. Um, so like between the organisers of um, the Bathurst 12 hour, which is, um, supercars. is that not supercars, but it's also, um, what's it called? Um, the Intercontinental Challenge. Yeah. So it's that, but then the six hours and 12 hour also different organisers is there differences in like sort of the vibes of the weekend, the professionalness of the weekend, the way the organisers go about sort of um, preparing the weekend? And then does that also then um, give you more or less pressure to perform or is it just down to uh, the, your comfortability in the car and then how much um, pra practice and how prepared you are? Uh, look, there's, um, there's definitely a, a major difference in certain events. The Bather six hour, um, from when I first started the six hour, that was um, that was in 2018. Just watching the difference now um, from this year, it's it's come a long way in terms of professionalism and the, the level of driving that's that's there. But you you just you can't compare with um, the likes of the Bathurst twelve hour. That's that's a serious race, serious organisation serious professionalism it's international you've got the best drivers in the world that show up um you know that that's a pretty full-on event internationally that the dubai 24 hour is um on par with the 12 hour if not yeah. it's probably a bigger event in, in yeah. reality yeah um there are you know hundreds and hundreds of different people in, in each of the teams it's it's full-on um, but the Abu Dhabi six hour was was pretty cruisy, well organised, but pretty cruisy, not not to the level of the twelve hour. So, you know, your big international races, they're at a different level, without a doubt. 
I feel the, the funny thing is that like when you watch enough GT racing, you sort of see a circus of drivers who just move between the same cars of different teams. They go from America to Australia, from Australia to Europe. You know, they hit all the big races every year. It's just like a circus. So I think when we... I think the first just, so, year, just so you know, just so you know, the reason why yeah. they do that is... Um, so the factories... So if you've... Say, for example, I've, I've got an Audi yeah. and I want to do the, the Bathurst 12-hour. So what, what happens is Audi will send you and pay for you pay for a pro driver out of their pool of pro drivers mm. to fly in and race for you. So Mercedes will do the same. So, so hypothetically, so, if we were to sort of put a player game next year, you enter the 12 hour and you want to yep. do say a pro, uh, you pro want to enter pro M right. And it's you and Serge. And then so, so Mercedes, if you were running your Mercedes would say, we'll, we'll give you, I don't know, Maxi book, Maxi yep. book, for the race and they'll, and they'll pay for that. So, yes. So um, if we were racing under the uh, Mercedes customer racing banner, um, they would, they would provide you a, um, with a, a professional race, race driver to join your team. That's awesome. Just finish, just finish on two questions. Firstly, um, with the whole, the decision to go drive a Mercedes, was there a particular reason? Was it the fact that there was one in Australia? Was it, because they're traditionally fairly easy to drive. I mean, being a Porsche driver for so many years, was there a consideration to stay loyal to that brand as well? How did that decision come um, about? Oh, there's a couple of things. Like one is to financially, the the cost of a of a Porsche GT3R is um, they're, they're really expensive and. Yep. You need to really get the the 991.2 version, not the, the 0.1 version. It was a far better car. So, so you're looking, you know, in excess of six, seven hundred thousand dollars just for, for, the, really? for the car. Yeah. Okay. So it's super expensive. So would I love the Porsche? Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, any day of the week. But, um, you know, the the Merc is renowned to be a, a really good car for for AM, AM drivers, mm. um, and they're, they're pretty solid. Everyone drives an Audi, so we didn't really want to get into Audi. Um, Just a bit of to, diversity. Yeah, a bit of diversity. And to be honest, um, the fact that you have um, Triple Eight and or you've yeah. got Mercedes customer racing here now, so you've got access to parts and those sort of things, yeah. that, that that bodes well for for um, your selection process in terms of the car to get. The other big thing from my perspective is I actually fit comfortably in the car, which is you know sounds funny. But um, yeah. it's it's a big thing. The, the twelve hour when I did it in the Lamborghini, like, you know that that was hard work. Um, yeah. Just getting in the come a tall guy, so even getting in the car, um, I couldn't turn my head and see any of the buttons on the on the on the dash because my really? my air yeah because my air my air hose which comes to the top of the helmet was sort of jammed to the roof line. So so are you um, a taller are you a taller fellow? Yeah, so I'm tall. Okay. So I'm okay. I'm almost I'm I'm six foot two. Um, no need to boast. So, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's definitely nothing to boast about when you're trying to race cars. Yeah, I, believe, I, I can, definitely believe it. I was going to ask. Yeah, I was going like to ask you that actually. Um, when you said you're running the Mercedes, so I, I went to um Brisbane a couple of weeks ago and I um got taken through Triple Eight. I've got a friend like, insider in there. And he was showing me all the, the sort of new stuff they've implemented for the running sort of the AMG GT. Um, well, they're the 
pretty the provider now for it. So did you get your yeah. car through them? And are you no. going? No. No. So I bought a car for a really good friend of ours, Nick Kelly, okay. um, who we raced against in prod sports uh, for many years. He's a real, he's a gentleman. Um, once we saw his car come up, it was, it was a no-brainer for us to, yep. to go and buy it because we just know what he's like. He's meticulous. We know it's a good car. So, um, so yeah, that was the that was really the catalyst. To finish off, Marcel, if there's any um, people with a bit of money to burn who are interested in getting into racing, what are the three fundamental what are three fundamental rules that they should be aware of and considerate of um, before they jump into the game? Um, Sorry, that have, wasn't on your questions either. I'm just putting yeah, you on the spot. Yeah, that's all good. Um, look, always pick something that you're comfortable budget-wise with um, because then it's, it's easier to, to go racing guilt-free, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but not only that, you need to surround yourself with good, honest people. Uh, people who actually look after your welfare because uh, it is dangerous. There's no two ways about it. So whenever you you get into the race car, you want to make sure that people who are preparing your car, you know, are doing a, a proper job and, and are really looking after. And I, and I mean that seriously because it is the last thing you want to do is, one, go, in, go out in an unsafe car, two, go out in a car that's underprepared and you get there and you spend all this money to get there and then the car shits itself and you can't finish your race. So that's mm. just you're burning money and you'll lose the desire and, and the enjoyment out of it. Mm. Um, so, so making sure you have the right people preparing your car is, is really key. Um, and then the other thing is it doesn't really matter what you drive. Like it's just go to have fun, you know, just, just, just have fun. Yeah. If you're going out and you're having fun, you could be driving an Excel and, mm. you know, as long as you're getting out of that car with a big smile on your face and you're happy, that's, that's what, that's what it's about. For for an AM driver anyway, like, but there's no there's no million dollar prize money at the end of it. There's no, yeah. no there's a there's a little trophy, and a, and a cap that, yeah. that generally says a tire brand on it. Like, <laughs> that's as far as it gets, man. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? So, so it's all memories. It's all memories, as you said that's before, it. right? That's it. And if you're not going there to have fun, um, you know, stay home because there's there's nothing at the end of it. There's no big gold pot. There's no big pot of gold at the end of it. So. Mm. We spoke to um, Team Ellery Racing uh, a couple of weeks ago, just before the six hour that just went past. And we'll, we asked them, we said, like, in terms of competition between, or the, I suppose they're two brothers and a dad, like the inter the sort of inter-competition kind of rivalry between them um, when they were going into such a big endurance race, like what, like we asked them sort of like how that manifests itself on the weekend. And um, we gave them an analysis an analogy of when we did a go-kart race with our brother who wanted to um and this is my favorite story i'm going to bring it up again so we did a 24-hour race and then with an hour to hour and a half to go we had to fill the cart up to get the minimum uh sort of fuel stops in and he he spat the dummy because he thought we were sabotaging his chance to set the fastest lap um by filling the cart up and he he still went out and did his stint and then he literally came came back and I went out to do my stint and he was gone because he had the shits that we um we sabotaged his chance to set the fastest lap. So I was sort of wondering, like, I mean, you and Serge are, are very good friends and, and you sort of have hinted at the at the rivalry. But I suppose is is this weekend um too much of an invest- 
you know, your teammates, but is nah. it too much of an investment to um have some of like sort of little games like that going on or would nah. that have bragging rights f- for the next year? <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> uh, mate, if we're doing that this weekend, mate, we both need an uppercut because <laughs> that's that no, nah, that's not on. Um, yeah. you know, like when you're out racing each other and you're doing like a Porsche mission sprint, like that's hundred percent all bragging and you know, like and and I always give him like for example, like he's he's an amazing qualifier. He'll pull pull out lap of the gods every second qualifying. He just pulls laps out of his ass. Um, but you know, for me, it's it's funny because I might start you know two rows back, but by turn one, I'm already three cars in front of him <laughs> because my I, I've got monster starts. You know, so it's just yeah. like it makes it makes no difference. Yeah. Um, so, so you're starting. So, uh, you're starting. No, I, I don't know if I'm starting. That's I'm really good at standing starts. Just <laughs> make make it, make it uh, clear. Now I don't think I'll be starting. I think um, more than likely we'll, we'll give the keys to Devarshan, the, the pro, yeah. to, to drive through the night. What would a um What would like your realistic goal for the weekend? Like I suppose it's keep the car straight, have a good weekend, build some momentum. If you're gonna do the race again next year, sort of build a bit of. Um, um, camaraderie look, for the team but have, have you got any bigger goals than that to be honest finishing the race is a big enough goal for us yeah. um, and I think if we finish the race um, you know we're, we're going to be there there about there's only three cars in our category so we finish yeah. the race we, we're going to get a trophy anyway so that's yeah. that's a bonus <laughs> but but to, to be honest um, it's a 12 hour race and there's there's sort of 15 cars that that can win it and we're one yeah. of those 15 that's that's the reality yeah. um are we going out to win it no are we going to win it no um but it's a 12-hour race so you know there's always a chance you, mate it, that's what i mean like you, you just you just have no no idea what's what's going to happen and you know we're, we're to be honest i'll be happy as long as we finish the race and if we're in the top 10 you know that's that's fucking brilliant for us yeah awesome marcel mate thank you so much for your time um, like Joseph will tell you the same thing. We've been fans of, of GT racing for forever. And we love it when we see, you know, Australian drivers and Australian teams trying to kind of get out there outside of Australia and, and, and race and represent the country as well, whether it's, you know, Kenny Habul or, um, or Grove racing Grove. going and racing in, in Europe or even triple eight doing it as well. So to have, you know, yourself, you know, so, motivated to get out there and race and obviously you're making memories you know for yourself and for your family but as Australians we're always you know very interested to see how you guys go so to have someone like yourself ready to push the envelope um, and to kind of go challenge some of those those great international races it's always awesome to see so from the both of us we wish you the best of luck this weekend mate you know 12 hours anything can happen so good luck to the team and thanks so much for your time Mate, thank you. Thanks for having me. I hope I, I hope I was entertaining. Um, no, always good. It's always <laughs> yeah, good. So happy to jump on any time. You, you guys, let me know. But uh, if you if you're down at the twelve hour, come say hello. Mate, yeah, we will. You, I heard you say. I heard you mention merch, and we're a bit. We're sort of merch whores. We just take. Mm. We just want a bit of everything. Like post, I've got about twenty um, Bathurst twelve hour posters. I'm just waiting to get okay. um, a men's room oh. so I can hang them somewhere. Um, <laughs> I'll, get, I'll buy hats. Okay. I'll get shirts. You know, so. <laughs> Um, Mate, don't worry. I'll get searching. I'll, I'll I'll put a couple of little packs away for you. We'll give you a couple of hats, and and uh, I'll make sure I sign some posters. 
<laughs> yeah, champ, and sign them beforehand. Good. So in case you get a, a nice podium or you, or you have a, a miracle race, they'll be on eBay within two hours. <laughs> I'm not sure you're going to get much money. Uh, no worries. Thank you a so couple much, of bums, mate. No worries. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Have a great night. Cheers. Sorry about the uh, the technical difficulties. That's sure right. you once, once, once you finish funding your racing career, you can invest in better Wi-Fi or a, or a longer lasting oh, phone. <laughs> no, don't, don't say that too loud. My wife is, uh, she's been complaining about the Wi-Fi God knows how long. <laughs> no worries, my man. Thanks, Thank buddy. You so See Have you, Jens. Take care. And good luck, you man. Too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.